this is the Y'all Show, up and going with a new week of programming for you as we have two hours of Southern information, the latest with COVID-19 in terms of the South. We also will be sharing other headlines, as well as later this hour, a look at the business side of Dixie. In fact, we've got the effects that the coronavirus has specifically on the state of Alabama in terms of the business side of Alabama, when people there are saying at least the heart of Dixie might kind of be rebounded from this awful shutdown of not only Alabama, but of course the entire South and the whole country, and frankly, just about the whole world We'll have that as part of our Southern Business Report in the next segment. Before the hour's up, we'll have hashtag blue, some fun stuff there. In fact, to kind of get away from the awful talk of the COVID-19, we're going to have the top 10 friendliest towns in America. We've got a couple of good Southern towns that are some of the just darn friendliest places you want to go to. And we'll give a special shout out to our Southern towns that are on the friendliest list in the whole country. That's part of our fun and hashtag color blue coming up here a little bit later this hour. In hour two of today's y'all show, we'll start it off with a look at the weekend and sports as the, uh, some football related stories to pass along, including some things off the football field that we've got to tell you about. The Orgerons are divorcing. The head coach of LSU, Ed, and his wife, Kelly, after over 20 years of marriage, are divorcing. We've got some more info on that in our weekend sports recap. Also, speaking of Louisiana and the state of in football, a great in NFL history, a great in New Orleans Saints history has passed away from the coronavirus as Tom Dempsey, the kicker who kicked that longest field goal in NFL history, that record stood for decades. He passed away from COVID-19 complications. We have info on that and also some basketball news. Mississippi State's head coach Vic Schaefer, Mississippi State women's basketball, Vic Schaefer taking the job at Texas and he'll be leaving the SEC for the bright lights of the Big 12. He's a Texas native going back to his native state to lead the Horns women's basketball program. We'll have info on that plus Mike Leach, Vic Schaefer's old uh, his old associate there in Starkville, head coach of the MSU football team. He's in a little uh Twitter hot water, you could say. In fact, what he put on Twitter could have led to the departure of one of his football players. We'll have the information on that in our weekend sports recap to start off hour number two. And then, of course, it's Monday. We bring on Jerry Short, our Takapola storyteller. And we'll find out from old Jerry how he's handling this whole staying at home thing. I don't think, if I had to guess, Jerry Short's the kind of person built for staying indoors for a couple of days. We'll find out just how well it's going for our quarantined Jerry Short coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Show. Good to have you aboard. We're all having a tough time. This is supposed to be what they call the most deadly week we've seen with coronavirus. And our thoughts certainly for all of you suffering. We know Louisiana is getting hit hard. Of course, New York, New Jersey, other places around the country are just feeling the effects of this awful coronavirus. More info on that coming up. If you've got something that you'd like to tell us about, maybe some thoughts, some prayers, suggestions, we welcome it. It is Holy Week after all right now. And we're going to be off the air for Monday, Thursday, and for Good Friday. So we'll just have shows this week from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So just want to go ahead and let you know that. But until we sign off Wednesday for the Holy Week and Thursday and Friday of not having original shows, prayer is important. Palm Sunday was on Sunday. A lot of you watched your television set. You watched a virtual service. President Trump even did that as he tuned in to a church in Riverside, California, 
I don't know why President Trump didn't find another church right here in the South. He had Jensen Franklin on a couple of weeks ago as he tuned in to see that from the White House. That was the first time he'd ever done that. And now he goes to Riverside. Well, if you're a good church here in the South and you want the president or some other celebrity to tune in and see your virtual service, especially with Easter arriving here Sunday, you might want to let the officials know that you're an option. There are some darn good options. I actually downloaded a website that has church services available on it. And it it allowed me to watch uh, my first cousin, Arthur, does a good job with his virtual service not even not just because of the virus but he's been doing it for many years but it's a lot simpler with this app he's got there and so i i I watched his service and i just started goofing off and i found some other churches and i don't mean to brag but what else we got to do these days besides listen and watch the y'all show we might could listen and watch a couple of church services or maybe you're uh gonna find a good a good congregation out there of whatever your religious preference is and it's all right there available you for you to watch and the good news is on this virtual stuff you don't have to necessarily watch it live you can go back and watch it on demand and that's always a a helpful thing but i found me another good church service i actually spent sunday afternoon again not bragging it's just something to do here in today's world i watched two different church services and that's not something I ever do. I, I, I'm like most of you. You're lucky if you get one church service out of me a month. Uh, I'm what we call a lazy Christian. A lot of us are. And this this virus has made us all start doing things just a little bit different. And, and I frankly enjoy it. In fact, and I'll be honest, in some ways, this virtual thing makes you pay a lot more closer attention to what's going on in the world. So that's just my own observation and maybe it works for you and i'm only telling you that also because we are in holy week so if you aren't able to make it to your church because your state or your local area shut down check out go on the internet and find it whether you've got a desktop option you can watch your local church service or find one like i did i started watching a church in north carolina i have never even heard of the town i've never even heard of the the pastor or anything but I was impressed. And it's the kind of church I kind of grew up going to. Good traditional church service. It got an organ playing there. And I like that. That's why I, I told you. That's my, that's the excitement I had this past weekend. Hopefully yours was also filled with maybe a little bit more excitement too. But yes, it is Holy Week. We want to certainly not forget about that aspect here. And this tough time we've got as, again, the Surgeon General, who is from Maryland, by the way, Jerome Adams, I think is his, first, his, his whole name, Admiral Adams, the Surgeon General. He's told us that this could be our Pearl Harbor, our 9-11 here, this generation's problem of great magnitude president trump's already told us about the loss of life here this week into next week and we hope and pray that it's not quite as bad as it's projected to be so that the one thing we can do the one thing we don't have a vaccine we don't have the answers we can only hope and we can only pray for ourselves for our neighbors, and for our country, that this is out of here as fast as it possibly can be and that it's less painful than it than it possibly has to be. This is something, this is not a person's fault right now. When we've gone to war in past generations, there were enemies, there were people that we could we could kill, we could get them to surrender, and the problem would be over at that point. 
with this it just won't go away quite yet until we find a way to solve it with a vaccine or what we're doing or trying to do with social distancing to to help think kind of diminish this problem prayer let me tell you it ain't gonna hurt it's not gonna hurt and it's absolutely free and you can do it when when and whatever you want we'll just do it right now and i'm not a i'm not a preacher so if this doesn't sound quite as fancy as you would like for it to i'm doing my best here but here we go dear dear father in heaven help our country help our world help your world in this great time of suffering where we've seen here in this country alone 10,000 roughly people die of coronavirus father we are asking you for your help to get this out of our out of our system out of our life out of our world as fast as possible help those who are working hard and diligently to come up with a vaccine please help that effort speed it along father we ask for your help on that for those suffering right now please help them in their time of need and help their their pain to be as as less painful as possible and for the families many of them have been separated from those that they love who are suffering from coronavirus they are hurting right now lord we're asking for you to be with them and those that you've already called home of course please be with them and their and their way with you now lord again here on the y'all show we ask all of this in your holy name lord thank you for what you do and we know that only in trusting in you can we get through this and we ask for your help lord thank you for all that you do for us amen okay again not a preacher just throwing it out there it's something we can all do to make things life make life a little bit more back to normal and and like i said like president trump says about this hydrochlorazine what do you have to lose well what do you have to lose if you just take a little bit of time to pray okay let's get into the headlines here on today's y'all show new orleans as we said is the areas it's the it's one of the roughest places for the coronavirus right now and this death rate is at the highest in new orleans higher there than anywhere in the entire country according to data and governor john bell edwards said that many of the fatalities have been spurred on in part by patients underlying health issues deaths per capita in st john the baptist parish and orleans parish all of which are in the new orleans area have even outpaced new york city according to gary wagner who is a professor at the university of louisiana at lafayette as he said that the the river parishes plus terrebonne and lafouche parish are having what currently he believes to be the highest growth rate that's according to the governor and spread of covid cases in the state and he encourages leaders business leaders political leaders religious leaders everybody to come up together and and help communicate the need for social distancing to follow the stay-at-home order so that the spread can be slowed yes it's been a brutal brutal time in louisiana louisiana's death per hospitalization rate as of friday of last week was 22 percent that compares to new york's 15 percent the governor said he expects the rate to go down as more people are tested but you've already had over the weekend more than 12,000 cases of coronavirus and the death toll in the pelican state has already gone over 400 and that's just in the mostly in the new orleans area a rough time in that particular portion of our south now a bad story coming out of alabama we know it's bad in new orleans alabama officials are projecting that they may have the highest death rate 
as they are and maybe the fourth most coronavirus deaths in the nation as that's what they're saying right now alabama's already had more than 1500 confirmed cases and 26 deaths but some estimates coming from alabama predict that there's a more dire situation perhaps ahead as a recent epidemiological model shows alabama could have the highest per capita death rate in the entire country and again the fourth highest total death count if that worst case were to happen if alabamians refuse to follow social distancing measures the state's intensive care units become overfull with the most ill coronavirus patients or even if people are unlucky nearly 10,000 alabamians could die from this virus by the middle of may 10,000 in alabama alone in this worst case scenario that's a lot of people projections show alabama could suffer anywhere from 849 deaths to we said uh, as, as many as around 10,000 by the middle of may we hope those numbers certainly don't happen as far as the 10 states for average projected coronavirus deaths what we have projected going forward here new york state has a large chance of perhaps having over 20,000 deaths they've already got uh, somewhere around 5,000 i think already sadly florida has a chance with the high death projection to also go up near 20,000 in their projections texas also over 10,000 projected by mid-may alabama right there just shy of 10,000 and that would be the same amount as california california also projected to have roughly 10,000 at the high mean the low death projection for alabama is more around a thousand deaths tennessee is one of the leading states projected for coronavirus deaths less than 5,000 in a high estimate but still a large hit on the population of the volunteer state georgia is also one of the leaders in the top 10 states for the average projected coronavirus deaths virginia is also in the mix according to some of the health officials of the country we hope all of this does not come to fruition and we get out of it as fast as fast as possible a weekend columnist for the new york times margaret rinke she wrote an opinion piece over the weekend in the american south a perfect storm is gathering and i'm not going to talk th- about this a lot she essentially picks on a lot of the states of the south primarily by the decision making going on at the governor's level most of which are Republican governors. She was very quick to to brag on Kentucky Governor Bashir and what they're doing in the Bluegrass State, although they're being hit hard as well in Kentucky. But Kentucky's numbers are considerably lower right now compared to some of the other states. Kentucky, which not only elected a Democratic governor in the past year, but they also expanded Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. They are different from the rest of the southern states in terms of the numbers right now. Not perfect, but still better, according to this columnist here. And right now in Tennessee, Governor Lee just finally, if you were a Tennessean waiting for that order, finally last week ordered the stay-at-home order across the state of this state of Tennessee. And you're seeing that in other southern states, except for Arkansas and maybe one more state in the South has. I think Missouri even did have that kind of non-stay-at-home order, but they've changed that in Missouri governor hutchison of arkansas even over the weekend came out and said that he's not going to change that rule and he has reasons for that but yes this is a a interesting opinion piece if you want to go read it it's at newyorktimes.com nytimes.com on the internet in the american south a perfect storm is gathering from margaret rinke and its opinion piece there from the new york times 
as we are t- telling you right now we'll have a little bit more information in the second hour of today's y'all show tom dempsey the legendary nfl field goal kicker has died after a bout with the coronavirus he was aged 73 he had had alzheimer's he'd had dementia issues he was in a place in the louisiana area that had been really hit hard it's a retirement home called the lambeth house and he's one of the patients there and at least 15 people have died from that place after being stricken with coronavirus. And unfortunately, this NFL legendary figure who kicked the longest field goal in NFL history at the time, and that record stood for many, many years. Back in 1970, Tom Dempsey kicked a 63-yard field goal for the New Orleans Saints at Tulane Stadium. And Mr. Dempsey has now passed away at the age of 73. Now, a lot of people are wondering how this thing has gotten to be where it is right now, the virus, and how it got to be where it is so fast. A lot of people are blaming the Trump administration for the fact that they did not act in the way that they wanted to. And the Associated Press has a story out saying that the U.S. wasted months before preparing for the virus pandemic, as they say that the administration could have used the time, the two months, to bolster the federal stockpile of critically needed medical supplies and equipment and the lack of ventilators and other equipment. And that's why if you watch any of the press conferences, the president's quick to point out he's trying to put some of the blame on the states and the local authorities for not having their own stockpile. And and maybe they had a small stockpile. I don't think anybody could have guessed this thing would have get to be as big as it is right now all over the entire world. Therefore, if we had been the only country in the world that had a problem with coronavirus, I would have expected countries in Europe to send much-needed respirators, ventilators, and PPEs our way, but they're all keeping them for themselves, and rightfully so. They're worried about their own countries, their own areas, and that's why... It's not totally fair to criticize the Trump. They're not perfect. They, they certainly could have maybe taken this thing a little bit more serious. But in the broad scheme, even if we would have needed, if we'd had a two months heads up, I'm not so sure we could have had any more respirators and ventilators totally made from scratch. That would have taken a long time to get here. I'm sure most of them sadly would have had been made in China. And that would have been a couple of months of, of trying to get them here and and who's to say they would not even been done correctly if they had a rush job on them. And the unfortunately, the PPEs, the personal protection, those are likely made overseas. And that would have also been months, months down the road. So it's easy to blame the current administration for some things. But I think overall, the whole world did not see this coming. And the whole world didn't see this coming for some time. If that were the case... Our stockpiles of supplies would have been loads and loads and loads going back 20 years. I mean, a PPE, a mask made in 2000 would likely still be able to be worn in this year. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Some of the cleaning supplies and things. I mean, the one thing, and this is very, very selfish on my part, but the one thing that I've really missed when I go to the grocery store that I'd like to have is... Uh, a disinfectant and they don't have they don't exist they're gone in every one of your major grocers they're gone in your local dollar general i've been told there's going to be months down the road before we have disinfectants the spray that you can spray and and kill i use disinfectant every day well before the coronavirus i like to spray my bed every day when i wake up i like to disinfect my bed and 
I've got about uh, maybe two days worth of spraying and then I'm going to be out and I'm going to have to be going over to maybe a Febreze, which smells good, but it doesn't disinfect. And so it won't be quite the same. That's the one thing I miss that I'm not likely to have back for quite some time. That's just one silly thing to pass along, but we're all having to adjust, right? We're all having to give up something. And in this case, for me, I miss my disinfectant. This is taking a toll on lives across the South. The country's taking the lives of heroes also. I know in Florida, at least one deputy in Palm Beach has passed away from the coronavirus. And now another Florida deputy, a 39-year-old deputy, has died from contact with the coronavirus as Deputy Shannon Bennett, who served in the Broward Sheriff's Office in Florida for more than 12 years. He died on Friday night. He tested positive back on March 24th. And by March 27th, he was in the hospital and showed no signs or showing signs of recovery back in uh, March 27th. And here, eight days later after that, showing signs of recovery, this deputy in Broward County, Florida, has passed away. And he is not alone. There's lots of deputies, sheriffs, police officials. You've got all your first responders, your firemen, firewomen, your doctors, your nurses, Anybody working in a hospital right now is susceptible to coming down with the coronavirus. Let's keep them all in our thoughts and prayers. And since I have his name, specifically Shannon Bennett, thank you for your service to our country and what you did there in Broward County, Florida. One death, also a celebrity that passed away, not necessarily from the coronavirus, but indirectly from the virus. As last week, the granddaughter of Robert F. Kennedy, she and her eight-year-old son, both drowned in the chesapeake bay near annapolis they had left their dc area home to go to the chesapeake bay area around the capital of maryland to get away to get away from dc and unfortunately mave kennedy townsend mckean 40 years old and her eight-year-old son gideon mckean they drowned in a canoe after it collapsed there in the chesapeake area and their search for their bodies went on for a while and unfortunately, they died. I think what happened was the eight-year-old lost a ball that went out in the water, and he and his mother jumped in this canoe to go retrieve the ball, and then some big wind, a big wind storm, wind speed, whatever you want to call it, came through that area, and their canoe went way out, and they ended up losing their life there, and drowning. Another Kennedy tragedy from the end of last week to pass along here. Now, back to Florida we go when it comes to the virus. And at least one county has come up with a good way of telling locals how to maintain social distance. And the way they're doing that there in Leon, where Tallahassee is, is to stay one gator away from each other. And that's a really fun way on the way to teach people social distancing. As Leon County officials have echoed health guidelines that say stay six feet apart, or as they say, about the length of an alligator a large alligator to be specific and of course in tallahassee that's seminole country right so they don't want to be close to gators so keep your distance a alligator's length apart there in the state of florida especially in leon county and by the way florida now has around 200 deaths from the coronavirus and over 11,000 cases it's the seventh most infected state in the country right now in the state of florida but yeah keep your distance about the length of a a a gator now this is a story not in the south but my goodness we're talking about gators i cannot believe this next story and this is scary stuff a tiger at the new york city zoo has tested positive for the coronavirus 
And good Lord, I had no idea this thing could go to animals. That's really, really scary. It's believed that this tiger, Nadia, was exposed by an asymptomatic worker there at the New York City Zoo. And this four-year-old female Malayan tiger now testing positive for COVID-19. And that's the last thing we need to be sharing. Animals can come down with the virus and potentially spread them. Good Lord, what a terrible thing. A sad story from the music community this past weekend. Brownsville, Tennessee native Alex Harvey has passed away at the age of 73. He was the songwriter of Delta Dawn that Tanya Tucker made famous in the 1970s. And he also wrote the song Reuben James. And that was a big hit for Kenny Rogers in the first edition. A song written about Madison County, Tennessee, which is where Alex Harvey spent a lot of time. Also where Jackson, Tennessee is. And he not only was a songwriter, Alex Harvey, he also was an actor as he had been in a couple of TV shows and such. In fact, he was in the movie Gettysburg. He was in the movie The Long Summer of George Adams, which starred James Garner and did a couple of other eh, off big, not necessarily big TV shows or movies, but he'd done a, a lot of a lot of acting, to be honest with you. He also wrote a song for Jimmy Buffett, Making Music for Money, and the song Somebody New for Billy Ray Cyrus, as well as a hit song for T. Graham Brown, Hell and High Water. Alex Harvey, the West Tennessee native, passing away at the age of 73. And lastly, a little political news to tell you about from the weekend. The guy running for his old Senate seat in Alabama, Jeff Sessions, says he has no regrets about recusing himself from the Russia investigation. As he was on Neil Cavuto's show the other day, and ask about that decision that ended up causing a problem between he and the president. Ultimately, he had to resign as attorney general of the United States. He said, you never regret doing what you believe is the right thing. I was convinced that I had to do that. I was required to do do that. My faith and my commitment to law is such that I would never fail to do my duty under those circumstances, and I did what I felt I had to do. Of course, as the U.S. attorney general Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation amid news he of him having contact with Russia's ambassador. And right now, Jeff Sessions is trying to get his old Senate seat back. He's got a runoff with Tommy Turville that's scheduled, I think, for June. Could get pushed back, it likely because of the coronavirus. But I also saw Sessions over the weekend say that he doesn't think that's going to happen. He thinks the scheduled day for that runoff is going to happen when it's scheduled right now because of mail-in ballots. And he says there's plenty of ways to keep a social distance come June, if need be, whenever Republicans do have this runoff. And then the winner of that runoff will go on between Jeff Sessions and Tommy Tuberville. The winner of that will then go on to take on Doug Jones in November, the Democrat who currently is one of Alabama's U.S. Senators. That's a quick look at headlines from across the South today. When we come back, we've got a couple of business-related stories to pass along in our Southern Business Report. And before the hour's up, it's hashtag hullablue. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS Rite Aid and Walgreens. Use as directed. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B A B B E L.com. I am doing it all the water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L I N Z E S S.com. Or call 1 800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. It's the Y'all Southern Business Report as we get your week going here. And it's Holy Week, so keep that in mind. You might want to save up a few extra dollars this week so you can put it in the offering plate. Maybe a virtual offering plate comes Sunday. And maybe you'll just have a chance to do that thanks to your stimulus check. Now, unfortunately, according to our experts here at the Y'all Show, our financial experts, you may not get your stimulus check, believe it or not, until the month of September as the Treasury Department has a plan for distributing these checks. But this would actually take a, take a little while. And unemployment claims are jumping in the states around the South, and so are calls to food banks. And unfortunately, if you want that stimulus check, it, it may be a while because we've learned that the Treasury Department – Some people are likely to receive their checks as early as the middle of this month. It's likely that if the IRS has your direct deposit information from either a 2018 or 2019 tax return or other financial document, you'll receive your check during that early round. For people waiting on paper checks, those payments will take longer. Checks will start going out May 4th at a targeted rate of about 5 million checks per week. And the process could take as long as 20 weeks, meaning some people may not get their check until September. That's not what we wanted to hear. I think most people wanted to know that you could go down to your post office box or go out to your mailbox in the next week to two weeks and find your stimulus check, your check for surviving this coronavirus. And that's not good news here to pass along for some of you who may not get it for months down the road. And 
Lord knows what you're going to be doing if you're on unemployment and such up until that time. Now, looking specifically at one state here as we look at what one university is projecting for their state, University of Alabama analysts say that the state of Alabama's economy could be back on its feet by years in. And that's a good thing, we could say, as these two economists from the university, Sam Addy, who's an associate dean for economic development, and also Ahmad Ijaj, the Center for Business and Economic Research's Executive Director of Economic Forecasting. They've released an analysis of Alabama and the national outlook as well in midst of the measures taking place at coronavirus and how this is affecting the country. Their analysis is potentially positive, and it all depends on how the U.S. and Alabama adapt to the situation. The immediate concern, they write, is to survive, recover, and develop. The country has the resources to get through the struggle, even if it takes the more pessimistic timeline of 18 months. The analysis states, it is important to note that pandemics occur within economies and are so are not separate from them. A good response will result in a better economy than an abysmal response would. So perhaps Alabama, perhaps the rest of the country will get back up and going soon. Nationally, Goldman Sachs says the U.S. economic output could plummet 24% through June compared to totals last year, and that unemployment could rise as high as 9%. Scary numbers. What we hope does not happen. And that is a quick look at what's going on business-wise across the South here on this Southern Business Report. When we come back on the Y'all Show, stick around. We've got hashtag hullabaloo, including in that, the friendliest cities in the entire country. The 2019 Reader's Choice Awards have just been announced. It will share that information. Is your city in the top 10 of the friendliest cities in the U.S. of A? We'll share that info right after this. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. We're winding down this first hour of Y'all Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern, and I'm General John Rawl, the General of All Things Southern. Good to have you back here as we begin this hashtag hullabaloo. This is where social media 
is our way of sharing what's going on. We find things that you put out there, and if it's funny or educational or something you could benefit from, we we just kind of are a sounding board. We take it and we put it out here for all y'all. And right now, something I got off of Facebook, someone shared with me over the weekend. Thank you for that, by the way. Our y'all.com Facebook account welcomes you. We want you to subscribe to our y'all.com on Facebook. And also, we want you to sol- we also want you to subscribe slash follow the Y'all Show Facebook page. It's Y'all Show. Just search for it. You'll see it and you'll get the links to our show each and every time we put up something there. So great ways to stay on top of everything southern and off our facebook page here at y'all.com we had somebody share this link that we're going to share with you now from cntraveler.com they put out the friendliest cities in the united states and this is the reader's choice awards of the friendliest cities all thanks to cn traveler which is Condé Nast Traveler, very well-respected agency that does a great job of, again, going around throughout the whole world and having information for the world's best-traveled readers. So their top 10 cities, are you ready for this? I'm going to go ahead and just give you all of them and then take it where you will if you want to. The capital of the state of New Mexico is number 10, Santa Fe. That's number 10. Lexington, Kentucky bluegrass the horse capital of the world is lexington kentucky and they're the ninth friendliest city in the entire country according to condenast number eight burlington vermont don't know how that happened number seven key west florida oh what a beautiful beautiful place is key west and sure enough that is the number seven friendliest city in the country and a great place for us to maybe relocate here in this coronavirus, don't you think? Asheville, North Carolina, right there in western North Carolina. Biltmore State is where you'll find Asheville. That's right there on the southeast corner, I think, of the city of Asheville. Unfortunately, Biltmore has had to shut down because of the virus, so not a good time to go visit that landmark there. But, yeah, a lot of breweries there, great food found in Asheville, and it's the sixth friendliest country, not a country, sixth friendliest city in the entire country. Chattanooga, right there in Hamilton County, Tennessee. Chattanooga is the fifth friendliest city in the country. So the South's well represented down here, right? Number four, Charleston, South Carolina. From the beaches to the history you'll find there, incredible food and so much more friendly faces right there in Charleston, the fourth friendliest city in the country, according to Condé Nast Traveler. Number three, Boulder, Colorado, home of the University of Colorado. It is the third friendliest city in the entire United States. Number two, right beside Washington, D.C., but on the other side, the good side of the river, you could say, is Alexandria, Virginia, and it's the second friendliest city in the country and an awesome place. If you ever have a chance to go back to D.C. sometime, Take time to go to Alexandria. They've got a beautiful historic area there, and it is a fantastic little place just downstream from the nation's capital. And then, number one, it's the, it's the coastal empire of Georgia's own Savannah, Georgia, as Savannah is the friendliest city in the entire country. And congratulations to everybody there in Chatham County and what they do there to have the great history, the great little squares that you have there in Savannah, the riverfront, and more. It's a beautiful place. And congratulations to all of our great southern cities that made this list of the top 10 friendliest cities in the country. 
you got savannah you got alexandria virginia you got charleston south carolina chattanooga tennessee is on here Asheville, north carolina key west in florida and then kentucky's own lexington home of big blue nation and keeneland Racecourse. kentucky's own lexington made it onto the list of your 10 friendliest cities in the entire country so a fantastic job there they also came out with the 10 unfriendliest cities in the country and i don't want to bore you with that right now but it might be something fun to talk about and see how many of those are yankee cities and how many of those are from right here in dixie tony judnich is on twitter at tony j n w f d n okay what in the world does that stand for tony j n w f d n well it stands for the Northwest Florida Daily News, because Tony is a reporter at the Northwest Florida Daily News in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Oh, yeah. Tony says on Twitter that he's a big fan of the Dukes of Hazard theme song. That would be Waylon Jennings. Just a good old boy. That's a good song there. Tony, you got good taste. Tony also has good taste in the outdoors. Over the weekend, he took a picture of a couple of scenes of him in a canoe or rather a kayak is what he was in. And he wrote on his Twitter account, kayaking on the Shoal River by Crestview, 81 degrees, mysterious cypress tree forest, nice current for a bit of an upstream workout, plenty of bird songs. It is hashtag Southern. And again, there at Tony's, his Twitter account, Tony J-N-W-F-D-N, Tony Judgnich of the Northwest Florida Daily News. He has beautiful swamp pictures taken right there and it looks like he is in the middle of nowhere right there on the shoal river well let me tell you about the shoal river because chances are if you've ever gotten your car or truck and you've been on the panhandle of florida you've crossed over the shoal river because it's right there near crestview crestview is i think the county seat of okaloosa county which is fort walton beach as well as destin destin's in okaloosa county and kayaking on the shoal river it's beautiful there according to these pictures and according to their own website in that area it is a gold tinted shoal river that goes through crestview in the northwest florida area and right there you've got sandy hills and it's got sandbars there that add the option for you to have a great little rest stop right in the middle of the shoal river And the surrounding forest is a mixture of maple, birch, oak, gum, and cypress. The land along the shoal is mostly undeveloped, with the first signs of civilization appear near the Highway 85 takeout just south of Crestview. The shoal river meanders through pristine habitat that's home to the Florida black bear, white-tailed deer, wild turkey, and many other species that a quiet, observant paddler may glimpse. The paddling experience is a 9.5-mile paddling trail, it offers a slow-moving and perfect option for beginning paddlers like Tony in his kayak. As, again, you've got all this beautiful scenery there in Crestview, Florida. During high water, beginners should avoid the Shoal River, as the current may be very swift and paddling technically challenging. It is possible to paddle further downstream than State Road 85, but a recreation permit must first be obtained from the Eglin Air Force Base jackson guard office in niceville because that also is in that area and if you've ever been to destin you'll notice if you drive in there you'll see the signs as you go on the eglin air force base property of black bear they do have the florida black bear there in that 
west the northwest corner of florida and you're likely to see a florida black bear if you're getting in a canoe or a kayak and you're going in the shoal river right around crestview which is also interstate 10 goes right in the middle of the the 9.5 mile trail on the river you'll go underneath the i-10 bridge right there at crestview a wonderful scenic southern you got your spanish moss you got the swamp and you got some peace and quiet even though you're right there at crestview which is a kind of a booming little place in the northwest corner of florida right there in okaloosa county and that's what 30 minutes i guess crestview is about 30 to 45 minutes east of pensacola and sandwiched right between i guess the funiac springs in pensacola but also heading further east toward tallahassee on interstate 10 but even though you got a a booming little area like crestview you still have this beautiful pristine swamp there caused by the shoal river and it offers a great opportunity for you to go out and take pictures in a time where we're social distancing perhaps a spot like the shoal river can be just the remedy for all of us and lastly here in hashtag hello blue wrapping up this first hour the t-spot is on twitter t-spot 75 is the twitter account not as much eye candy as i am full of candy at this point in my life (laughs) i like that one not as much eye candy as i am full of candy at this point in my life i think i've got that same problem t-spot and t-spot writes when the governor says if y'all want to enjoy football season this year you've got to stay home then you know you're in the south and i don't know who said that i'm going to take a wild guess it was kiv of alabama because t-spot just put this out here over the weekend and i think kiv's official order for people to stay at home was official saturday evening so t-spot apologies if you're not in alabama but i'm going to assume you are in the heart of dixie with this as the order does go out to stay in place i think in every southern state minus arkansas at this point has a shelter in place order or something along those lines and if you don't do it and if people don't be sensible about what's going on with the virus you just might not have college football in 2020 and we'll have some more information about that specifically in the next segment at the beginning of hour one or rather hour two when we have our sports rewind to the weekend Dabo sweeney of clemson has actually just come out with a plan to try to keep college football to hashtag save the season and he's got a positive attitude about that actually happening the the 2020 college football season but he's also come up with this acronym that we'll share with you in our headlines from the weekend in sports all that coming up but t-spot thank you for that and yeah let's try to save the season and the way we can do that is to try to social distance yes as, as odd as it is and let's try to at least get through the next two two to three weeks and see where that leaves us and let's get rid of this virus and bring back college football a little nfl some concerts going to restaurants and things that we did prior to march 1st that would be a welcome thing let's shoot what even march 1st let's say march 15th things like that that made the that that we're missing let's be honest it, 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 it hurts right now but we can do it we're big people and our ancestors have done a lot worse than this and have had to endure world wars and the spanish flu and the civil war and a lot of other problems that cost thousands and hundreds of thousands of lives we can do that 
right here and right now. Stay with us. Hour two of the show all about the South with your host, John Rawl. We'll continue after this break. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (gasps) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I'm doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back. My doctor said I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at Linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. And we're back on the Y'all Show, our second hour on this Monday. Jerry Short, our Takapola storyteller, is going to be on in the next segment. We'll find out how he's handling being stuck at home as 95% of America is being told, at least, to stay in the comfy confines of their home these days because of COVID-19. John Rawl here with you. We begin this second hour of the Monday Y'all Show with a look at sports news. And unfortunately, the virus has claimed the life of famed New Orleans Saints kicker Tom Dempsey as he died at the age of 73 after coming down with the virus a couple of couple of days ago. And he had other health problems. He had been living at the Lambeth House there in the New Orleans area after he'd been battling Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And this 
a, this historic kicker who kicked the 63-yard field goal back in 1970, a field goal that our own Jerry Short witnessed there at Tulane Stadium as he was born without toes on his right kicking foot. He is the latest celebrity, at least, to succumb to the coronavirus. And our thoughts to the Dempsey family again. The former NFL kicker from the late 60s and early 70s, Tom Dempsey, who had the longest kick in NFL history for a long, long time. Tom Dempsey now has died. More NFL news from the Crescent City. The 2024 Super Bowl is supposed to be played in New Orleans. And right now, that it may end up having to be moved out of the big city of New Orleans because of the new passage of the NFL, where they're going to have a 17 game season and if the super bowl gets pushed back a week because of that to february 11th that year as is expected to then it's going to run into mardi gras and right now they're looking at contingency plans in new orleans all because of the super bowl and a 17 game nfl schedule i say push mardi gras back a week i mean come on come on now the super bowl is a lot bigger deal than mardi gras right i mean especially if mardi gras if fat tuesday is going to be even later in the month of february 2024 we're talking about here but hopefully they'll get it all squared away in new orleans of course our thoughts there is it's getting just pummeled right now by the coronavirus speaking of the virus clemson head football coach Dabo sweeney he's pretty optimistic about the possibility of playing a 2020 football season as he has as he says no doubt zero doubt in fact that college season will start on time He's asked his preference for how the sport will adjust to potential scheduling issues due to the pandemic. The Clemson football coach said his only focus is on players reporting to camp on time in August. As Coach Sweeney said, my preferences is to let to let's go to work and go play. That's the best case scenario, and I think that's what's going to happen. I don't have any doubt. I have zero doubt that we're going to be playing and the stands are going to be packed. That from the national runner-up from last year the clemson tigers now dabo sweeney has even created an acronym for players and coaches and that's t-i-g-e-r-s and it stands for this is gonna end real soon and he said he's already planned on for the most optimistic version of events to happen despite concerns by others that the 2020 college football season might be either delayed or canceled so dabo we hope in this case T-I-G-E-R-S comes to life and is the actual scenario that happens here as a lot of people are ready to see some kind of normalcy happening going on from here on out. Now, another college football coach in the news, a guy who actually beat Dabo Sweeney in that national championship game in New Orleans back in January, Ed Orgeron. Sad news from his family there. He and his wife, Kelly, are divorcing after 23 years of marriage, I know they have three sons, and yes, Ed Orgeron has filed for divorce from his wife, Kelly, who is from Jonesboro, Arkansas, originally. And the LSU football coach will retain the home in Baton Rouge until a court is able to sort the rest out per the filing there in the Baton Rouge area. But the Orgerons, it looks like heading to divorce court after more than two decades of being married and another SEC football coach in the news, Mike Leach. He's had to go on and delete off of his social media page a post. And this post has ticked off a transfer f- to his program. The post has caused a lineman to decide that he does not want to suit up for the Maroon and White as defensive lineman Fabian Lovett, who criticized Coach Leach's tweet that showed a meme of a woman knitting a noose for her husband during self-quarantine and now on friday 
This defensive lineman, Lovett, has entered the transfer portal. Lovett wrote on Twitter that he had entered the transfer portal and has three years of eligibility remaining, and that decision comes just one day after Coach Leach posted this now-deleted tweet. Lovett responded to his new coach's tweet with WTF on his Twitter account. Lovett didn't specify whether he decided to transfer because of the tweet, but again, Coach Leach Leach removed that tweet on Thursday night and has since apologized, writing on Twitter that he sincerely regrets if my choice of images and my tweets were found offensive. I had no intention of offending anyone. And it looks like that could have been part of the reason Lovett, who's a redshirt sophomore from Olive, Olive Branch, Mississippi, who had 19 tackles and one sack in 2019, is going to be leaving MSU all because of a tweet from a guy like Mike Leach, who's known for his tweet sometimes pushing the envelope. In this case, it was. This didn't have anything to do with race whenever Mike Leach did that. It was trying to, I guess, have some fun with the whole coronavirus quarantine where people are stuck inside causing some. I mean, we're seeing a rise in domestic violence right now because of coronavirus. Unfortunately, that's one of the side effects of people having to be stuck together. And there's a lot of great cases of people spending time together now that they've never had together but on the flip side some people don't like each other once they're cooped up for a long time more coaching news out of starkville vic schaefer head coach of the mississippi state women's basketball program a program that's been one of the best in women's college basketball they've won the sec tournament here in recent years they won the regular season title they played for two back-to-back national championships and they lost both of the title games unfortunately for bulldog fans vic schaefer the texas native is heading back to the lone star state and he's going to be taking on the new role as head women's basketball coach at the University of Texas. Schaefer, who is an Aggie, actually, said that he certainly feels really fortunate and just, just truly humbled to be entrusted with the opportunity to build on the years of success and help lead the Longhorns back where they belong among the nation's elite. Chris Del Conte is Texas's athletic director. He broke the news in a tweet on Sunday of Vic Schaefer and his family giving the hook'em horn sign with the words, guess who's coming to the 40, referencing the nickname of Texas's 40 acres where their campus is. And as I said, Schaefer, who's a Texas native, he went to that enemy school in College Station and was an associate coach there in Aggieland for Gary Blair for a number of years and ended up going to Mississippi State to be their head coach in 2012 and has done a fantastic job in Starkville leading the MSU women's basketball program, but now taking his talent to Austin, where it'll be Big 12 country and maybe a, a real competitor there for the Baylor Bears on the women's side with the arrival of Vic Schaefer in Austin leading the Horns. And one other basketball note from the men's basketball side of college basketball to tell you about Ashton Hagens, a guard for the Kentucky Wildcats. He's declared for the NBA draft. He made this announcement on Twitter on Sunday, wrote that he's always a Wildcat, Big Blue Nation. Thank you for everything these last two seasons. Hagens averaged 11.5 points and 6.4 assists for Coach Calipari's Wildcats this past season, and he led the team with 58 steals. Coach Cal, in a statement, said, Ashton is ready for this from where he was when he got here two seasons ago to where he is now isn't even close. He's a completely different player, and he's built his skills and his confidence to take that step. So Big Blue Nation, it looks like Ashton Hagens won't be suiting up in the blue and white next year. And good luck, Mr. Hagens, in the forthcoming 
NBA draft. And that is a quick look at various sports headlines here on today's y'all show as we have a little weekend sports recap to start this hour when we come back our takapola storyteller jerry short's going to be on and he'll have his thoughts on staying inside with the coronavirus and other virus related things coming from our storyteller from takapola town all that's right ahead on the y'all show Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called Irritable Bowel Syndrome with Constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at Linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Takapola story time. It's here as we start a new week of y'all talk with a southern accent in the second hour of the program. Mondays, we bring on our friend from Takapola, US of A, Jerry Short. Jerry, welcome back into yes, the sir. show. I know you don't like being confined like the rest of the country. 
is having you know confinement is uh gosh it's just like being put in a parchment penitentiary to me which that's not yeah, a bad uh, place that's where elvis's daddy spent some time well okay if my son will become an elvis i'll go back over there <laughs> have you ever spent much time in jail uh you mean like can we get away with some overnights and stuff like that from fights and ball games? Uh, okay. Like Other that. than a couple of fights, I, have you spent more than two days in jail? More than two days. I never spent more than two days. I uh, usually get somebody to bail me out. After a day or a night? Oh, let's see. Four or five, six hours they made me stay in Memphis uh, for that uh, fighting those policemen at the old Miss football game. Yeah. And, uh, they let my friend out because he stood against the wall and gave up. And uh, he had to stay four hours. And he got out and went and borrowed money around Memphis to bail me out, which in 1969 was 79 or $8, which was a lot of money for us to come up with. How does one go around in 1969 and borrow money like you said he did? Well, I, t- I told him to be sure and not go to my mother. My mother died that year. And uh, I said, be sure the next year. I said, be sure and don't go to her. So, but you go to uh, some friend of ours or two. But we always had some friends working in Memphis. So by the time, let's see, they carried us in the car downtown and, and locked us down. And we were in a cell with uh, about 14 people. And... Uh, this uh, guy that had been beat up as bad as I had, he said, come on, buddy, let's get us a turnkey. I didn't know what a turnkey was. I, you know, I was a young guy, really pretty young. And he said, uh, you know, man, a lawyer, a mouthpiece, speak for us. Get us out of here. They beat me up on the operating table over to the Boyd Hospital. And he was, he, me and him looked the most beat up, so he buddied up with me. <laughs> but uh, they, 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 we, uh, this friend of mine went out and got the money, and they got me out. So uh, I got out of that one that way. And then another one, I had a friend that was a lawyer that I called. A turnkey. And, uh, yeah, he was a turnkey. And I didn't really even uh, call him that. I just called him my money back because I needed his money. <laughs> and uh, he came, and he got me out. And uh, I had stayed in, let's see, by the time I got up with him and phoned him, maybe six, seven hours, eight hours. And it seems like an eternity because I was in a cell with four other people and uh, three other people, four of us total. And they had, they had already taken all the mattresses. So I, I, I just laid on the floor. And <laughs> till I got out, so you know it's uh, it's fun. Just don't let it be too much fun. Yeah. Well, but, I asked that question because I knew you had at least gone to the Hooskow at least once in your life, and once, twice, three, four, knowing, five. Knowing you the way we all know you now through your storytelling, you don't necessarily like to be anchored to anything. So I, I'm no. curious oh. how how well being confined treated you then and how it's treating you right now with this coronavirus. Well, when, that cops, when those cops got me and handcuffed me for uh, not letting seven of them take me down at an old Miss football game, 
That was in 67. I said, nah, 68. I said, nah, because that was Archie Manning's first game ever in Memphis at Memorial Stadium, playing Memphis State. And uh, that was his sophomore year. But uh, I was so they, – they had me handcuffed when they finally got me down that uh, I went in there and I, they handcuffed me to a desk, you know, waiting to further – Brother interrogating, and uh, I would shake that desk with my handcuffs. I couldn't even stand that. So, and then I still couldn't even hardly see out of my eyes. It was both eyes were shut. I'd I'd been worked over pretty good and shot with mace and knee in the face, and you know it was this day and time that would have been. Ooh, can I imagine what kind of lawsuit? Well, there, police brutality. There's actually a connection to this time of year, Jerry, with you sharing this story because you've shared this story a little bit before in the past and you mentioned the arresting officer said we probably wouldn't be acting this way if not for the martin luther king jr assassination that happened here in this town just a few months earlier and we're at the point now in april of the now 52nd anniversary of the king assassination so oh you got a good memory Uh, and you know they had just brought james earl right back and he was in the same jail I went to. So uh, he was on the floor above the floor that I was in. Hmm. And they were a little sensitive. Ole Miss in those days waved big rebel flags. Mm-hmm. And I had a big rebel flag, and that's what started it. They wanted to take it away from me, the Memphis uh, police. And I wouldn't give it up. And this is in 1968. <laughs> and, and their justification was because of the Martin Luther because, King assassination the situation. Yeah. yeah, it was everything. You know, it had riots all over Memphis before that when that happened. And you know, and I told you that I was a block away. My mother had a woman agency downtown Memphis, and I'd been at her office, and uh, I was I was on Front Street when that happened on Third Street at the Lorraine Motel. And uh, I think James Earl Ray and I, we uh, convoyed to Grenada that uh, afternoon. Uh, and I, I heard that he found out in Grenada, Mississippi, that that's where uh, that they were looking for him. He says he was innocent. And somehow he had enough money for a guy that was in a hotel across the street from a boarding house, more to speak, from the Lorraine Motel. That uh, supposedly fired the shot and left his weapon at the door. He was able to get to Atlanta. He turned and went to Atlanta from Grenada, and then he got a flight to Boston, and he got a flight to England. Now I don't know how a man does all that. That obviously probably didn't even have a job. But uh, anyway, we spent uh, we spent time together in jail. I guess you would say. Me and James are all right. Jerry, Jerry, I want to ask you, while you're talking about the King assassination and the other events that happened in the city of Memphis in 1968, over the weekend, as we're all having to do, for the most part, staying inside, if you're lucky, you're finding something on television to watch. I was surfing around YouTube, and I found a really, really good interview with Bill Morris, the former Shelby County, Tennessee mayor, and he was also the sheriff of Shelby County, and he he actually helped arrest James Earl Ray there in 1968. Bill Morris had a connection to Elvis as he deputized Elvis Presley, and they were very, very close throughout Elvis's adult life. 
And Bill's got a book out that you can go to the website, BillMorrisBook.com, and learn more about it. He and Elvis are roughly the same age. And yeah, just, Elvis, what, he, he loved badges. Yeah. Everywhere he'd go, somebody would deputize him and they'd give him an honorary badge. But, uh, you know, as far as Morris, as far as having a, playing a part in the arrest, you know, they, they extradited him back from England. I guess he picked him up at the airport or whatever. Whoever brought him in, federal marshals or someone, and uh, carried him downtown to uh, what is that, six hundred five Union? Well, something like that. Two hundred one Poplar is the current place they take criminals. Oh, they did. Oh, well, two hundred one Poplar. Mm-hmm. Well, Union and Poplar don't join. So I mean, it might have been different in sixty eight, but the current place, if you no, ever... I think it's the same. I think it's the same jail area. Okay. Yeah, I just. Uh, and, and I know that not because I've been taken there and arrested in Memphis. Well, I, just, yeah, I was wondering how you knew so much about that area. Well, it, it's a <laughs> if you've ever been around Memphis, that's kind of a common phrase. You know, I'm I'm going to send you to 201 Poplar. That means yeah. you're going to jail. Well, well, I've actually been there, and they were going to lock me up out at the fairgrounds. It's a uh, substation jail out that way, and. Uh, after they got me handcuffed in the car and that other guy, uh, they carried us up to that station and they said, no, no, for this, you got to take him downtown. So <laughs> I had to go downtown and go through the whole nine yards of, uh, touch, you know, do this, being a guy said, and I didn't drink. So, uh, one of the cops said, is he, is he, is he, uh, intoxicated? And, he said, no. And I said, I'm just high on football. And they don't <laughs> need to mess with me. <laughs> so that's what, that's what that was all about. Also, 201 Poplar has been portrayed in a lot of TV series that have been about Memphis. And also in the movie Hustle and Flow, uh, the guy, the star of that ends up going to 201 Poplar. And I think they even said that in the movie. Well, so that's a little bit of the local Memphis. Well, I can tell you about that place. It's not real. They put all of us in one cell. Hmm. And, and we had one toilet and one fountain that was in the same bowl. And um, we're talking 68, I know. But... Uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't worried about wiping my face off or getting any viruses or anything, but uh uh it was really interesting in that cell with all those different people. And it of was course, somebody from every part every walk of life, you know. And speaking of jail and the virus going on, what's your thought on some of the criminals getting out free to avoid getting the virus in jail? Oh man, I don't have to tell you that because you know, and I, I would assume you feel the same way as I do, because if 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 they're in jail and they're already locked down, and they put someone else in jail that probably had the virus, they've got the virus anywhere they're carrier. So why do you put them on the street to give it to innocent people? Because you know they're not going to keep their six feet distance apart. You know they're not going to wear a mask. They're not going to do anything pertaining to that. And then they're going to be a repeat offender. And uh, kind of like I was when I was high on football. <laughs> but, but they're going to be a repeat offender. And uh, it's going to cause, well, it's already happened. It's, uh, they've, they've rearrested some of the people they've let around. 
out and it's not just new york you know the new york uh mayor was bragging about it let 200 out and this was a silver lining in this bad cloud of the virus that they were able to let uh some pressure off of their jail uh population so you know that that was that was a, that was a silver lining and a cloud for a mayor of the biggest city in america so and you know take it for what you hear the question is are these people going to be forced to go back to jail uh i don't think so i think they just went on and released them like uh, i understand uh i've listened to a, a detective from new york and he said a lot of them were sex offenders and you know they're supposed to sign up and where they living and all and some of them were living in a hotel i don't know how they got money they probably give them money when they got out to get a hotel room or two or three or four. Mm. But anyway, he said that uh, these sex offenders and these other type people, you know, most of them, most of them are probably uh, of that nature or some other crime even worse. So, uh, no, they're, they're, they're going to be repeat offenders, and uh, they probably will never see that same jail. They'll see another jail. And they might see that jail because, uh, you know, they stay in that radius that they work. They're used to that. They're going to have to have some drug money. They're going to have to have something. You know, and I'm sure there's some people like me that are innocent. It was in that 200. You know, they should have let me out. (laughs) But you were high on football. We're talking with Jerry Short. Here's our guy who's been on high on football and a bunch of other things in his life. And right now we're hoping he can get back here and enjoy the things that he gets a high on at some point but we're not sure when that's going to be we've got another segment with our Takapolo storyteller we'll get to it right after this break this is y'all asthma symptoms can attack anywhere like on a city street <laughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I'm doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. 
Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. It's the final segment of this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. It's our Takapoa Storyteller time. Jerry Short's back with us now to wrap up. And we've been talking about Jerry having to stay inside. At least we're trying to keep him inside. There's a rumor going around that you're not doing a good job with that. Well, I'm I'm confined, but I'm confined to my vehicle. (laughs) And so I've not to... uh, Take away the business of the town that I'm in right now. I will go to a different town to do my grocery shopping. And uh, just so I can travel and go and do something. And uh, Which right now, Jerry, let's be honest. A guy like you that I know has ants in his pants and you're being told to stay at home, which does not suit you well. We're having the lowest price gases that we've seen in 25 years, plus some places less than a dollar. And how in the world are they going to keep Jerry Short from traveling around when he can go travel for a dollar a gallon? Oh, I know it. That's back to 1970 prices. And, uh, you know, I've heard President Trump say that uh, the uh, he could get down to 90 cents. That was 52 prices. Well, my daddy had a service station in Como in 52. And then he had another uh, service station somewhere else. Yeah, I think he had four service stations every time. And I pumped a lot of gas. I pumped gas back in the 50s for, you ready? Grab a 18 cents a gallon. <laughs> that, that was the going price. And uh, every now and then I'd have a gas war. And I know I remember Oxford getting to uh, uh, 12 cents one time. But when I graduated from high school, or they uh, excused me from high school, uh, when I got out of there, gas, because I was on my own and had to buy everything, I wasn't pumping my daddy's gas then. Uh, I had, uh, I, I think it was 34 cents. That sounds legit, 32, 34 cents a gallon. But cars didn't get the gas mileage then, they do now either. Hmm. So it needed to be cheap, but cheap necessarily wasn't cheap because salaries weren't that good either. So, you know, everything kind of has a way of balancing out, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, you like you were talking about those gas prices. I see such a difference in towns. You know, I'm out driving, and let's just throw a name out, Grenada, for some reason. Uh, I'll the, go the, the I town, drive. not the not the island in the Caribbean. That's right. Not where uh, uh, our actor went, and he was uh, so what was he, Sergeant? Uh, Something, he, uh, Clint Eastwood, who was he in it? Highway, something? Yeah, Gunny, anyway, Gunny Highway. Gunny, and, uh, Gunny Highway. Yeah, yeah it's not. Heart, it's Heartbreak not, Ridge. It's not. That's where he went to Grenada, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he go to Grenada in that movie? Yeah. But, uh, you know, well, we can call it Grenada, I guess. So, anyway, down at Grenada, the doggone gas is uh, running about a dollar and a quarter. And then I was told, and then somebody sent me, well, my son sent me a photo of it. Saw it on the internet or somewhere. In Charleston, Mississippi, it was 99 cents mm-hmm. That's a about gallon. 30 cent difference. I've seen 30 cent differences within a quarter of a mile each other in the same town. Yeah, I've seen I don't know if I've seen it that much, but I've definitely seen it 15, 20 cents difference in the same. If it's that close to the interstate, it's usually a little higher. And in fact, and sometimes go, they're right across the street from each other. There'll be that big of a difference in price. And then some of them are, I know one place where it's always two cents difference, and they're beside each other. But one's two cents higher, and it's, it's a constant. It's always two cents uh, higher. My guess is they're probably the same owner. Uh, it, well, I think the, one of them is two cents higher is uh, probably an Indian. Yeah, but they wouldn't surprise me if he owns if he owns both service stations. I wouldn't be surprised because I know one owner that's in one place in Grenada that his gas is out on the interstate, and it is about uh, mm, I think it was one forty three days ago when I went back, and uh, in this town that I'm sitting in now, uh, Water Valley, uh, it is. Still a dollar and seventy nine cents. I think. My no, it, goodness, that's it a dropped lot. a dollar. It dropped. A, it dropped this week into a dollar sixty. Oh, what a big savings! Yeah, <laughs> but it's the same same truck. And and this is really interesting. I was leaving town in my confinement, going to Basefield to buy, uh, going to their Kroger to get uh, groceries. Well, when I went by this particular service station that we're talking about in Water Valley, the price on the pump, and this has been a week, but the price on the pump was $1.87, okay? I went on to Batesville, where it's usually a good bit cheaper, but in Batesville, it was still $1.70-something, uh, 74 so. So I didn't get gas there. I said, well, they were putting gas in at this dollar eighty uh seven cent gas station when I left town. I'm gonna wait till I get back over there because it'll probably really drop. It had gone up two cents. Mm. It it had gone up to a dollar and eighty nine. And he'd put just put fresh gas gasoline in the ground. So you just never know. They kinda, you know, sometimes it got Tourism tax and all that stuff, and it'll you can tell the difference if you buy a dollar Coke at at uh, at uh, McDonald's because of uh, 
it'll be a dollar seven or a dollar nine or a dollar something. So you can usually tell how much tourism tax they yeah, have. I'm looking at an app I have on my phone and where I'm currently doing the show from the cheapest gas right now a dollar 51 and also in the same area a 38 cents difference in price another gas station charging a dollar 89 all in the same dollar, still, still char- that's got to be out on the interstate i'm not sure where it is dollar 89 yeah. see that's that's they pull that on the interstates around here but it's not a, it's dollar 89 stuff is has been gone a week now and so that was the last one I saw, and that's down to a dollar seventy something now. But the Grenada and Charleston is only thirty miles from here, where I said it was ninety nine cents. So, uh, but somebody said that that buck plant. Someone told me that uh, that dealer is from north of here, around New Albany, almost on Tennessee line. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know who I'm talking about. I believe I'm the yeah. one that told you that, and I'm not going to plug Thank them because they don't sponsor our show. So the heck with them, Jerry. What oh, else they, are you doing besides uh, staring at cheap gas prices and comparing gas prices? What else are you doing to get through this crazy time? Well, you know, I'm watching a lot of reruns of uh, the Honeymooners, <laughs> the 50 TV shows, but that keeps me laughing. And uh, you know, you li- you can only listen these uh news conferences and these this stuff on this coronavirus well that's not true all you got to do is cut on your major television networks jerry and they're not going to carry the news conference i know so because i tuned in sunday evening and not one of your major networks was carrying the press conference from the white house no but i bet they were talking about it towards no they just had on whatever regular program they'd have but that's the only excitement going on at least there's no sports there's no movies the only thing so-called live are these press conferences and they don't even have the white house press conference on your major networks well you know there's just so much we're going to be able to do about the virus to ride it out it looks like and they keep quarantining different towns more so than others and different areas more than others and i think there's there's nine states that so far don't have a quarantine or something like that in Arkansas joins us and they don't have one. And I wondered why. And then of course out West, I, it's easy to see that, you know, if you keep six feet apart from somebody in Montana, that can be 60 miles. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they don't need to be following the same regulations, uh, that we have to follow in a more populated area. Well, me that, being a champion of states rights, I think president Trump, if he hasn't done this, he should urge states to do it, but that doesn't mean they have to do it. It's not a mandate coming from the White House. Let the states choose, of which just about 40-plus have done that, and we know it's going to make a difference. And these other states that haven't done it, that's their choice, and shame on them if they, if they cause unnecessary death. But they might be weighing the odds of what happens if they do it, and and. That's their call. Let the states well, decide. It's, it, well, it's the governor's call. And then I think it falls on down to the mayor's call mm-hmm. of, a, of a town to a certain extent. You know, the governor can kind of, he can't broad brush the whole thing from what I understand. The mayor's got to kick in because some towns haven't kicked in like other towns have, or at least they're not enforcing it. So, uh, I sit around, I think about those things, and I watch that other stuff. And then 
I'm not a big fan of the networks, you know, like NBC and ABC and CBS that I used to be. And uh, so you wonder what's going to happen with the fall sports scene. I know you do a lot of sports. You wonder about that. And then you sit around and you think, what other tragedies have we had to compare to this? You know, they say, you know, this is our Pearl Harbor. I think I think our uh, Secretary of uh, Health said that, didn't he? Uh, Surgeon General Pearl. said that. Yeah, oh, was that who said it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, he said that, and then they threw in a couple more. And, uh, you know, that may be a little stretch, but there's, all, there's always going to be some kind of virus or some kind of bacteria. And I was thinking about when I was a boy on the farm in Takapola, and uh, my daddy should have been a veterinarian because we had to take care of our cattle and everything, you know. The way. But there was a disease, and you've heard of it, I know, black leg. And, uh, you know, and I don't know if that's a virus. I know it's a bacteria, and I know it's got uh, spores that uh, live in the ground, and they can live a long time in in the ground, and, and the cattle will go through it because we had three or four cows that come down with black leg. And it's usually a young cow, say a six months old to uh, maybe uh, two years might be out of the woods by the time they're two years or is it spores going to that muscle in that leg. But my daddy had one in a squeeze gate one time, and he cut it open. And they, they'll, they'll, they're not contagious, but the spores get in them from the ground. And I guess at one time, people didn't know. People thought they were contagious like this virus, I think. But uh, he cut into one in a squeeze gate and showed it to me. And it was black interior around the red meat. And he would, you know, kill a calf. He'd kill a cow. And we'd, you had to bury him or burn. You had to burn him and then bury him. And that remained, it made me think of a show. And you may have saw it. you ever see HUD with Paul Newman? Miss that and, one. Uh, yeah, pretty good. He, he's a Western guy, and uh, I say a Western, he's like Texas. It's a modern day, and they had a cattle farm, and they all they all started coming down with black leg. And his daddy and Paul Newman didn't want to do it because he was kind of an outlaw. It looked like somebody had probably gotten a fight at a ball game and putting two hundred one uh, poplar or wherever it is, and so. Any, anyway, uh, they they dug a hole with their dozers and put them down in there. And the people that worked for them and the neighbors, you know, to keep it from spreading, and got around and started shooting them. And uh, I'm pretty sure that was a black leg. It might have been something else. But they had to bury them. They did them like we did them on our farm, which we only did three or four. But Daddy would catch them. He'd look for one. A you know, sign would be if they were limping a little bit. And the longevity of having a black leg, it would take you out in two or three days. God. So you had to work fast to dispose of the animal or it would, you know, get around. But it came out of the, those, those spores came out of the ground. Mm. And, you know, spores are pretty uh, bacterial spore. I didn't go to veterinary school, obviously. I just, whatever, picked up on the farm. But, uh, that was I thought that was pretty interesting because the way that was spread and what we had to do with them and and kill them or and then burn them and bury them 
Yikes. And, you know, that's pretty tough when you drop a calf on the ground and raise they kind of immune to they uh, were about four months old, I believe. And uh, you raise that thing up and you're getting him healthy and he's looking good and that happens. And, and in that, say, back in those days, there was a couple hundred dollar calf gone. And that's pretty good money, and uh, that happened to a lot of a lot of cattlemen. And that was just something that I was thinking about. Uh, it might be something you might be a little interested in, John. Yeah, uh, I know you like, and I think it's also like those sports can get in vegetables too. Mm. You know, they uh, if you look at them under a microscope, they got a funny shape. I remember uh, he got a veterinarian to come over and hit a microscope. And it was really unusual for me to see it, but he put it on a piece of glass. And it was, uh, they were kind of, uh, ooh, a long rectangle or something like that. I remember a bunch of them in a wad, and that's what got in into the body. And it worked its way, you know, got in through food feed, and then it would work its way down through intestine. And then work its way, the spores would work their way out into the uh, muscles. And it was uh, usually in that in that hind quarter of that leg, because it start limping, and that's that's the reason they call it black leg. Cut in, and and it, they was also it had an awful smell. I'm sure it did. Gosh, it was an awful smell. Jerry, I feel like I've already gone to veterinarian school after hearing this conversation. Oh yeah, <laughs> you you might. Don't don't uh, don't use any of those answers on your test. Okay? Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. I got to go now. I've been worried about stuff to have to breathe from people going down the street. Now you're making me scared to even walk anywhere. I might get some of these black leg spores popping Watch up. Watch your ground now. Don't get any spores. So I, I literally I'm going to have to just stay in bed. It's what it sounds like. What that's you, probably that's probably what you need to do. Now you can quarantine like me and just ride. <laughs> yeah, it's just pretty cheap. Anyway. Jerry, thank you again for coming on the Y'all Show, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. Sir, yes, sir, and I can't, we can't wait to come up with something else for you. All right, or that you w- come up with something for me. How you remembered what happened a year ago? Unbelievable. A year ago is not that hard. It's the stuff that happened 50 to 100 years ago. Is I can handle that, but I can't handle a year ago. Okay. Right. Jerry, thank you All very right. much. That wraps up our Y'all Show. Make sure you tune in on Tuesday. We're going to have our barbecue barrister back on with us, Matt Hermans, and the rest of what in the world's going on here in the South with COVID-19, that and more. Thank you for listening to the show that's all about the South. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. I'm doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back. My doctor said I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at Linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.